Welcome to Going Off Track. Welcome. I'm Jonah. I'm Brad. And we're in Brad's apartment doing intros. Doing intros for amazing episodes. We, for amazing We do this about once a month, and I gotta say, uh, Brad's apartment, not the easiest place to get to. No, we're over here in the arm. I like to call it the armpit of, of Manhattan. But I will say, once you get here, it's great, and it's kind of, I kind of, I look forward to it. You got a Bialy, <laughs> come over here. Hang out. It, Brad got to listen to me do. Oh, I, I can't believe it. I haven't maybe mentioned you this yet. Talk about it. You don't think so? <laughs> I, don't I do know. so You're many so of these. Sh- no one's gonna know. Listen. So here's the thing. I do a lot of <laughs> interviews. I'm a music journalist. You know this. I've been doing this a long time. Sometimes, you know, one of the reasons I started this podcast was as an excuse to talk to people who I couldn't. Who you want to talk to. Who I want to talk to, who I didn't have an outlet for. <laughs> Alternately, with my job, sometimes I have to talk to people that I don't necessarily want to talk to in order to make a living. And who are sometimes less than fabulously interesting. Yes. So Brad <laughs> got to hear, uh, listen in on an interview that I did. I don't want to say with who because it was fine. Because you'll never get another one. Yeah, because I'll never get another one. It's not, probably not good for my career to shit talk. So I'm just going to leave it totally vague, open-ended. You'll never know what I'm talking about. I read a lot of stuff. But uh, it was, you, Brad got to see... <laughs> what it's like for me to just do an interview where it's just, not there's much. not a whole lot to work with. Yeah. You're going to have to really be creative there. Yeah. But I will. I mean, I do that all the time. That's my job. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, it's super interesting. It's easy. Sometimes it's more of a challenge, but that's kind of part of the gig. Like if I only wrote about bands that I was like my favorite band, I would make no money. Instead, I do a podcast where I interview my favorite bands and make no money, <laughs> but I like doing it. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, Brad, Brad, like, actually behaved himself better than I probably would have in that situation. <laughs> so thank you, Brad, for respecting my career. I, do, I have full respect for you and, and the hard work that you're going to have to do with that. Thank you. Um, what wasn't hard work was interviewing today's guests. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keith Murray and Chris Kane, a.k.a. We Are Scientists, um, they uh, formed in Berkeley and then moved out to New York. And I was uh, neighbors with Keith for a while. We have a lot of mutual friends. We became friends. We've been talking about doing this podcast for years. Um, Keith had a short-lived kind of TV show where I was a guest. and It's a long story. But yeah, I've been wanting to have them on for a long time. It worked out great. Um, so yeah, they came by. They're actually going to be touring Europe a lot this summer in July. Uh, they, uh, Oh man, I just had this and I'm really blown it. Oh yeah, so they're doing like, they're playing uh, all these towns in the UK I've never heard of. <laughs> in June 10th, then July, they're playing again in the UK, July 20th, 21st, Sheffield. They're playing some shows in Germany, Stuttgart, and they're playing Brute Fest in the Isle of Brute. Brute Fest? Yeah. Sounds pretty cool, right? Where's the Isle of Brute? I don't know. I'm looking at Brute Fest right now. <laughs> uh, tier three tickets are available. I don't know what that means. Uh, well, they can look up Brute Fest. Yeah, look up Brute Fest. Uh, it looks like you can do camping. Oh. Uh,. You can get a family ticket. There's a camper van ticket. Uh, so yeah, oh, I love Europe. Go to Brute Fest if you're in Europe. If you're in Europe, you know about Brute Fest. <laughs> it's probably the highlight of your your summer. <laughs> just waiting for Brute Fest to roll back around. Uh, and if you like, we're scientists. I just saw them uh, last year. They did the uh, ten year anniversary of their album with Love and Squalor. They've released a bunch of albums since then. Their most recent in 2016 is called Helter, Sel- Helter Seltzer. Helter Seltzer. Which I think is a pretty good album. I've had title. some of that. Yeah? Yeah. Was it good? Yeah, great. Bubbly? <laughs> uh, so yeah. yeah, 
without any more deliberation, um, let's get into it with uh, with uh, We Are Scientists. Is there anything I'm forgetting? Yeah, we should mention the Sam I Am oh, yeah. shows. One more thing. Because uh, we're almost there, man. We're almost and there. And I do want to try and go. I know. We've been hyping this um, for the last few weeks. I'm, it's almost here. Uh, it's coming up next week. G- Sam I Am, legendary band, California, don't tour that much. June 9th, they're playing Garwood, New Jersey, at Crossroads. Tickets on Ticketfly. June 10th, headlining the Brute Fest of the East, the Neshaminy Creek Brewery Company's five-year anniversary party with the free show on June 10th in Croydon, PA. And they're heading to Europe in July, the same time we are scientists are there. So check out their Facebook page at Sam I Am Fancy. Props to Sam I Am. We are scientists. I'm going off track right now. Let's get into it. see through walls my glasses were that <laughs> were. oh my god <laughs> was and rough. clothing yeah <laughs> um, x-ray sex with a z if uh, you could see i never understood that if you could see through clothing couldn't see you through see the through the skin. skin yeah i never understood this like why you can just oh it just goes right through cotton dead organic and then fine only plants. Yeah. X-rays only, exactly, organic. Oh, is that Yeah, because that's, I've been watching the show a lot, Border (laughs) Security. Mm. Have you guys seen the show? No. Uh, There's a couple seasons on Netflix. You tried to find it? That millimeter wave scanner. Yeah. Are you just talking about, like, Donald Trump? No, 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 no. It's a show (laughs) that's basically they shoot at customs. And it's them going through mail. There's what a Canada one, an Australia one, and a US one, and sounds yeah. terrible. And they run stuff show. through, and they're like, "Oh, like in this tire, this doesn't look right. It has like <laughs> organic matter in it." And then they cut oh. it open and find like 900 grams of cocaine or something. Huh. So I guess in a society where everyone's wearing living clothes, you know that people can see through dead matter, right? Yeah, like, like if we got a snapshot of one of these seven new planets, and right. one of the only things we can discern is that they're wearing living. <laughs> they're all wearing organic matter. Yeah. We're not sure why. Yeah, and we can now know we that it it's because of that. Yeah, we're doing good here, guys. We that are. was the first thing we tackled. That and we is just figured out. I want to point something out pretty the, big. The, the last time I interviewed you guys was for MySpace. Mm. Which was which was not twelve years ago. This was like last year. Yeah, it was all too recent. (laughs) Wait, in what capacity? I used to do this this article for them, and and I hope they don't hear this, so they hire me again at some point. Yeah, like I I also like that our interview was essentially a print interview for MySpace. It was a print interview. They would have me do this thing called free lunch, where I'd interview a band, and they would pay for our lunch, and then I would get paid. But I was always like. I don't know. I'm always into a free meal. So I was sure. like, this is cool. I get like a free dinner and I get to interview. And I did the, like, you guys were cool because I like knew you. So it wasn't totally weird. But I did go like eat tacos with the plain white teas by like uh, Penn Station. I had to do a lot of really weird ones. Although I also think we did it before our show. So yes. we were outside of our eating radio. We didn't so eat. you ate by yourself. <laughs> yeah, it was fine though. <laughs> yeah, where did you guys dine? Pete's we went- Tavern. Yeah. Pete's okay. Tavern. It was great. It was really good. It was my it first time like there. It looked like a great salad. <laughs> it was yeah. still really think nice about that salad. Pete's Tavern salad. <laughs> if you're in the area, if you're going, you guys are playing Irving Plaza at that time? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you're in the Irving Plaza area. 
<laughs> they're doing a peach drop. They don't pay us, recommend. Jonah. Don't do drops for people who don't pay us. <laughs> That's, you know? That's a really good point. That is a good point. Yeah. So no drops. Yeah, it's fine to no talk about this MySpace thing. <laughs> they got you a, pe- a delicious peach tavern. <laughs> um, and those were... You were doing a couple of full album shows, right? Yeah, we were doing... Uh, the 10 year anniversary of our first album show, which we did one of in uh, New York and one in LA. Gotcha. So. And how were those? Were those fun? Nobody remembered the first album. We yeah. were the only one. <laughs> we were the only ones who <laughs> thought our fans cared about old. it. But it's they, too old. None of them had ever heard it. When they, we yeah. could tell that when they were hearing the songs, they were delighted sure. to like. Well, they're music lovers. Sounds familiar. (laughs) (laughs) What's that like going back? I always wonder because put together an album. There's like a song or two or three that you go, no way in hell we're ever playing this live. Mm. Like to relearn it. Did you find it was harder to relearn? First album's very easy. Okay, our first album doesn't have any of those songs. No, (laughs) yeah, none of the complex. Like we let ourselves go with the orchestration or whatever. They're yeah. all very simple. Explores so. the rudiments of music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sort of incorporated other aspects of musicality. It is kind of yeah. weird, though. You're From right. On. Like, I do feel like now so many bands do do album shows that you, if you do have songs on an album you hate, like, you can never sort of escape them now. Mm. <laughs> it's always looming. Yeah. Every time there's a round-numbered anniversary, <laughs> you're going to be confronted. Yeah. But, like, how tied to you are you? Like, if you did an album show... And you just skip track eight. We're like, fuck you. We're, we're just not doing track <laughs> yeah. eight. I'm like, it's all right. I, no, I, I think, think we're going to walk out. They're going to be refund. There's, there's yeah, really one twelfth of a refund. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was I want a prorated refund. Yeah. We had a band on the podcast who had done an anniversary show, and they were like, we just skip this one song every night. And like, mm-hmm. only one person has asked us That's about amazing. it. Oh, wow. like, almost no one has noticed. Well, everyone else silently fumed. <laughs> That's all. Or they, or, or they all had the same opinion. Oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That's well curated. And, and well two curated. snotty kids were really loud on the internet about it. Right, Benny, yeah. have you thought about doing that with your band? Thought about it, yeah, yeah. It's been talked about because this year is actually the ten year mm-hmm. of the first record, yeah. So it has been discussed. Yeah, oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to strike now. Can't wait till next. year. Yeah, you can't do eleven years. Here's the yeah. thing, though. One of the things I'm running into is: Are you now tied in to do a ten year? every fucking two years <laughs> right. for like every record you did and stuff like that i'm like i almost feel like i want to do it once yeah and we shouldn't maybe blow our watt yet yeah yeah that's what i'm maybe worried about maybe i should save it for like you said like maybe not as many people knew your first record mm. maybe if you saved it right the one that everyone knew the jams do the anniversary the- or we could just keep doing them like yeah. that's the thing i don't know everyone this just started where no, people started doing these no, like, i remember living in california in the the mid-90s and cheap trick started doing this <laughs> oh, wow. like at the roxy and they would do an album a night of like this we're not it's like not, it didn't even have the same bass player for some of those records mm. you know and they would do that it was the first time i'd ever heard of it but cheap trick's oh, super rad i yeah, mean of course you know. they're cutting edge yeah i, I didn't uh, even know it so <laughs> i was looking up so you guys met at at Pomona College in Claremont. Yeah. My aunt, Leslie, 
Oh, was we know Leslie. The yeah. head. Wait, Aunt Leslie? Aunt, yeah. My Aunt Leslie. Yeah. She's everyone's Aunt Leslie, as far as I know, yeah. right? Isn't that what she's called on campus? Definitely. No, um, my Aunt Leslie was the head of all the uh, Hillel's, the oh, Jewish right. organizations oh, right. for all the Claremont colleges, okay. Pomona included, yeah. and had a house in Pomona. Wow. And I've spent a lot of time there. Was she also a teacher, or was that, she that was a not. full job description? Yeah. Head she, of the Hillel. Not a, yeah, head of the Hillel thing. Cool. It's a nice yeah. town. Claremont, Very nice. Yeah. There's not much beyond that, besides for my little plug <laughs> that's just like, my aunt lived where you guys maybe are from, or at least went to college. Yeah. Cool. Not bad. <laughs> Boxes checked. Not bad. Boom. <laughs> Wait, I have a list of everything. I crossed it out for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. Keith, cool. have you done any more? Keith interviewed me for a TV show that never came out or a web show. Do you remember That's that? That's true. Well, that that was the only aspect of that. Yours, yours was the one instance of uh, corporate suppression. <laughs> I was just—we were talking about title, and I said some shit that people let Jonah speak. No, that's not what happened at all. I think it had nothing to do with us. Yeah, we, Chris and I, were doing a sort of like music news hosting segment for like a web series. Yeah, we were entertainers, and, <laughs> and they they had a really big idea that doing panel discussions would be a great way to expand this thing. And hmm. Chris, you know, maybe fortuitously. Or actually, maybe it, you could have saved it. Uh, was yeah, I didn't see that. Was out of town when I it wasn't happened. at that panel discussion. And uh, yeah, they claimed that everybody really liked it, and then the entire corporation immediately folded. Surely <laughs> 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 they're too good. It's yeah. not a, not a small club. I remember being like, I can promote this once it's coming out, and they're like, Oh, we all lost our jobs. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Probably you're not worried about this. I, I got a couple of free beers out of it. It was fun. We got exactly. we made a new friend. Yeah. Wait, you had a panel show and alcohol was part of it? It was at a bar. It was at a bar. <sighs> Jonah, yeah. do you get paid in booze and food? Like, Pretty that's much. What it seems yeah. like right I now. pay my rent with booze and food. How are you living in Brooklyn still? <laughs> I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. It's, it's a part of the economy. It's all yeah. IPAs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what have you guys, have you guys been, um, what have you guys been up to creatively since we last spoke? Um, three out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did you get kind of in like the new material mindset after you wrapped up those? Sh- I guess those shows were a while ago. Yeah, that Maybe was like actually the beginning ago. of our of our touring okay. scenario. Because uh, we had an album that came out in April, right? Yeah. And that show was in was a May show, so right? I think that okay. was just the launch of our our touring situation. So we've been, we were on tour the entire year. And just kind of wrapped up at the beginning of January. Okay. So I think I think now we're in that phase where um, we ought to be working a lot harder than we are, but we're still close enough to that many months of touring that we can say I'm so I'm exhausted. Yeah. Tour. Yeah. I need time to refresh. What's like the switch for you? Like, what would be like? All right, it's official. We have to start working. <laughs> like. Uh, What's the barometer there? I don't know. I mean, I, I we have been writing a lot. Okay. Um, but it, I think it's just weird after having been on tour for so long and everything, every moment of your day, uh, even if you're just sitting around backstage, is is pointing at being at work. Uh, it's funny to be at home 
where even when you're writing, it kind of feels like you're loafing a little right. bit. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like even when we're in writing mode, it I don't feel like we're at work until we're doing actual pre-production. Right. It's hard to see it that way, yeah. right? When you work at home. And I know a guy who does uh, graphic design from his house. And just in order to feel normal, he has to wake up at 8.30 every day, get in the shower, mm. put on like real clothes and the whole thing or else he just can't be productive or doesn't view himself right. as productive which yeah. i guess is the important i see i see i feel like the whole point of working from home is so you don't have to do that stuff We're yeah but you if gotta, you're a disciplined person <laughs> but you still gotta manage to get 40 hours in or else your life is probably gonna fall in the toilet yeah that's right? also uh, p- point of order mr <laughs> there's um uh mitch schneider's organization the pr firm mso mso yeah uh he it's a requirement now that people work from home two days a week. <laughs> and it's they did it as an environmental thing out in Los Angeles, less cars moving around. And they found that uh, productivity like shot the hell up, <laughs> like having people hanging at home. And for like a PR firm, like staying from home, like that seems to be the antithesis of PR, must be out and doing things. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I could, I could also see a tie-in to a commute. And productivity, you know, just the idea. I can't imagine many people who live in Los Angeles who work somewhere in downtown Los Angeles don't spend at least two hours a day commuting, probably minimum. Mm. And I, and you know, and that's to jump in the other things you do with commuting, not just traveling, but like your coffee, your food, you're getting stuff ready in the morning. And like, if you could just open something up and get straight to work, my actually, my father in law, very chill guy. Okay, he's extremely relaxed. He can't get him worked up about anything. And years ago, he's he's been driving like 1.7 miles from his house to his shop for like the last nearly 40 years. And I asked him maybe a couple years ago, I'm like, John, what's the trick? Like, you're so relaxed. I'm like, is this mania of your family going on all the time? They're all shit talkers. And he just sits there kind of just like, <laughs> meh. You know, whatevs. And I'm like, I just, I value the way you are. How do you pull this off? How can you do this? He's like, no commute. Dude. Simple answer. Mm. Dude, flat out. My wife commutes an hour and change there and back every day. Wow. And it is killing. What has kept you guys kind of in the Brooklyn area? I mean, I know we used to live kind of near each other in South Williamsburg. I mean, what, because obviously it's changed so much. We're talking about rubber tracks closing. Right. What kind of keeps you guys here? What do you still kind of like about it? Well, he's a, he's a long time Stytown man. I'm Manhattanite. Really? Mm-hmm. Stytown. I have a couple of friends there. You've yeah. been there for a while? Yeah, eight years now. How do you... Because it's, it's more like families or what's the scene like it's, there? Yeah, it's... Uh, it it it's brands itself like as uh, the middle class enclave in Manhattan, which is maybe 50% accurate. It, it's like 7,000 apartments. And there's an ever-increasing um, plurality of uh, NYU apartments there. I mm, think they okay. now have maybe 1,500 or something of the units. But then there are also a lot of families who've been there. Like the apartment has been in the family since the 50s when they built the places. So there is there is kind of a lot of um, history and that sort of thing. And when they when they started Stytown, it was... Uh, was exclusively for municipal workers or for soldiers coming back from World War II. Hmm. Um, so when was it developed? 
What, sorry. When was when it, was it developed? In the fifties, early fifties. Yeah, they, they kind of started it. Um, hmm. So it, all the buildings looked the same, and apparently that had something to do with uh, helping soldiers, you know, readjust to society um, after living in the sort of barracks that's what world. Says, that's, it, that's why your house feels like a barracks. Yeah, I mean, that's not exactly why I run Morning Drill and all that stuff. So I, I can't claim a direct line. Um, yeah, but it's a, it's a cool it's a cool area for me, most importantly, because there's no streets going through. Like It goes from right. First Avenue over to the river and then from 14th up to 23rd. And with the exception of 20th Street, there's no public street so you don't have cars it's yeah. a great place to have a kid which is why it becomes kind of a family oriented place but it's also a great place to just kind of get out of the noise of the city and uh breathe a little bit of you know leafy air yeah it's that there place in manhattan when you think you're driving south and then all of a sudden you can't anymore and you're <laughs> yeah. like what the fuck is that's, here yeah. that's chris kane that's if your neighbor you're, you're in Kane's. murray hill yeah. and you're headed south <laughs> exactly. and suddenly yeah it's all, <laughs> Yeah. What uh? What was it like for you guys? Like, what was the impetus to come from California to Brooklyn originally? Was it for music, or did music pop out of the move itself? Uh, I think it was mainly just postgraduate cluelessness. Mm. Uh, we moved up to San Francisco for not even a year. Okay, I don't think. Uh, and 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 both had pretty stupid jobs. Uh, what were you guys doing? <laughs> I worked uh, in the uh, admissions department for UC Berkeley's business school. Okay. Uh, and I've, I had no interest in, in business at all. My job was pretty much to torment. Well, this wasn't in my job description. <laughs> the job evolved under, under my purview. Uh, I pretty much just tormented all the business students who it seems like had been able to get around their English requirements in the past, and I was a real stickler for uh, not allowing anybody to get through without having read the Animal Farm. <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah. 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 What about it, <laughs> did the working knowledge of Snowball and all his trials really impact how you work? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. What were you doing there, Chris? I worked for a company called WDHB, which stands for Warm Decent <laughs> Human Beings, uh, which was at least aspirational and possibly <laughs> sarcastic. Um, we were a, we were a consulting firm during the dot com boom, um, and we would basically bring European companies like Credit Suisse or you know Deutsche Bank. Um, we would bring their executive committees over and set up meetings between them and these hot burgeoning internet companies, which in those days included even like yahoo or something like that so was the warm part of your title like the fact that you were warm people or is actually the hotness of these companies that you were i think the idea yeah the idea was that 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 was a description of our um our personalities yeah very warm sensibility we were very warm you mentioned some you know particularly prussian companies here like was that like (laughs) what's the What's the middle ground? Like, were you more like helping the dot coms understand that these are Germans? Because one well, of my favorite things to talk to musicians about is German journalists. Yeah. So was was there similarities between those aspects of their personality? Um, I th- I think what we were selling because basically we would take a fee, but neither of the neither of the two companies, neither of the two sides would 
be paying the other for their time. The idea was that they were both getting something out of it. So we were just connecting these kind of old guard European institutions with the cutting edge uh, Silicon Valley thing. This was before, um, you know, every country had their own Silicon Valley. and You were a pimp. Yeah, basically. Well, yeah, uh, a mocker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty impressed yeah. with your guys' pre-music yeah. jobs. I worked for, like, I mean, Kids Are Us. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> usually people are scraping a lot lower than this. This is good. No, this, this is, is good. Like, this we is have, suit and tie. This is short sleeves. We have admissions jobs. Like you guys are killing it. We tucked in our shirts. Yeah. Like oh, it. shit. <laughs> so, so you did one year in San Francisco, and then what? it was just a mutual decision that this isn't the path we want to go down or well we knew spider-man lived in new york <laughs> <Sure does. Allegedly. laughs> had to get out queen yeah. yeah you can't imagine our disappointment <laughs> so far so far i haven't managed to meet him uh yeah i think we just kind of were tired of california and didn't uh didn't see ourselves moving to seattle which is the other option really so. <laughs> only three yeah. only in the yeah. <laughs> so it had to be New York you're a truck and at, at the time you came that was kind of I mean the, like the scene you guys came out of in Brooklyn was already like really cranking by the time you got here the stuff with like Interpol and yeah yeah yeahs and bands like that or? I think Interpol and yeah yeahs hadn't really quite happened yet like they both were around I think the first one of the first shows I saw in New York was Interpol second on at Barry Ballroom. Oh, cool! Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers first. Red Hot Chili Peppers were still <laughs> really owning New York. <laughs> uh, but yeah, way. like Strokes were definitely okay. were definitely on mm. at that point. Um, it was the Rapture was kicking around? Then. Rapture, yeah, that was all kind of happening right mm. the first year we were here. I think. Yeah, but we didn't really move you know, in an effort to incorporate ourselves into that. Like we were just kind of guileless and we're like, ah, oh, New York seems fun. And then we moved and we're like, oh, well now there are a bunch of really awesome bands that we have to compete with. It's awesome. <laughs> well, well done. <laughs> Jackasses. Could have been making people read fucking Animal Farm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Orwell's other work. Whatever it yeah. is. Whatever that is. Yeah. I mean, have you ever, have you guys ever felt like sort of part of a scene or have you always kind of felt like outsiders kind of in a way? (laughs) We, we, we never, we've never had, um, the kind of kinship with other New York bands that, that people often assume we have. Uh, we have friends in other bands certainly though. And, and I, I don't know, I don't know how many bands are actually joined at the hip the way that that is sometimes imagined. So, yeah. uh, I, I think we're, we're grouped with, um, early two thousands, uh, you know, dance rock. So people perceive a certain peer group, but I don't think we're actually friends with any of those bands. We're not enemies with them, but we could be, I mean, if they make a if false move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, your vibe is certainly like, I mean, way less bougie, to me a lot of those bands present which i appreciate mm. um you know and, there and, uh, was... you thought that until you heard about our pre-band jobs anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well revising. actually i think i think that makes me respect it more mm. you guys know you know all sides we, yeah yeah we, we elected to throw exactly off the <laughs> exactly 
It's mm-hmm. like, who do you respect more? The kid that's been straight edge his whole life mm-hmm. or the guy who used to really like pot yeah. who decided to stop, <laughs> you know? <laughs> got more respect for that guy yeah that's a really good point benny (laughs) (laughs) are you do you want to tell us something now is there something you want to get off your chest uh no i've never been straight edge never had an issue with that yeah people thought i was really really yeah just because i i i just smoked a lot of pot and i didn't do it in front of people Mm. so a lot and i was i was heavily involved in a straight edge hardcore scene (laughs) i did i liked positive shit i didn't like the tough guys no I like the kids singing about unity and positivity, and a lot of them X'd up. You and were truly living a lie. Oh, I yeah. thought you were straight edge, and you had a secret addiction. I did. I even <laughs> to the point that I got asked to play in a band called Weapon X, mm. who was a friend straight edge side project band. And when I informed them that I was not straight edge, it was met with... A lot of resistance. A rescinding of your invitation. <laughs> yeah. really was. Yeah. No, were they big comic book nerds, or were they just trying to pull something over your eyes with Weapon X? I mean, it was pre-X-Men movies. And that was a big guys were. So at least they guy. read the comics. Okay, I at least say. know that. But yeah. I feel like that was a big... There was like Monster X. There were a lot of those. There was Monster X. X in their name. And now you can't even find that Swatch. The X Swatch costs a lot of money, right? Yeah. You can't, you can't pull that shit off. Man. Uh, did you, were you guys ever get into hardcore? Or what were you guys kind of... Were you ever into, like, Glock in California? Were you ever into, like, no effects or that stuff? Or not really? Not really. Yeah, we, I, I spent a summer in Chicago during college years. And my the only guy I knew uh, when I lived there, Jamil, was a pretty devout punk. And we would go to, like, bowling alley shows and... But that was my first experience with it. And, oh, yeah. Fireside and, Bowl. Yeah. Now, when we moved to San Francisco, we lived um, just a few blocks from Gilman Street, um, which hosts a sort of storied uh, punk rock venue in Berkeley. And we had the, in retrospect, utterly fantastical goal <laughs> of, of playing Gilman Street with our with our you know newly formed band at some point we were completely the wrong uh vibe we would have been torn apart yeah the initial the initial <laughs> we are scientists uh scheme was that we were going to be a pop punk band and i don't i don't remember exactly what it was that we were going to do that was going to so enrage the kids at gilman street uh but we lived two blocks away so we we're always driving by it and sort of uh you know sniffing at the you know codified <laughs> punk scene there uh but yeah we thought we were going to write all these pop punk songs and then play there and somehow upend their entire worlds yeah. uh, ne- never never even got the booking yeah. i remember we used to really treasure the idea of green day having played there as a young band and then having become really big and you know quote unquote sold out and we were like, man, these kids must really be pissed when they think about Green They're Day. They're still smarting about <laughs> yeah. Green Day. I know yeah. it. Uh, I think the only show we ever saw there was Wesley Willis. Yeah. Really? really? Yeah. So, Wesley you, Willis at Gilman did Street. Did you guys though. ever That's play cool there? one on your belt. No? We played there last two years ago. And mm. Oh, it's still there. Yeah. It's still there. We didn't, we didn't undo we it. We played. Um, you haven't been re-upping your membership <laughs> and, card every year? And our singer had a part of the set... I think we had lines. There was a part of the set where a singer like put on a Ronald Reagan mask mm. <laughs> and had to walk off stage. And we we're playing this kind of like we have this slow kind of jazzy part. And all of a sudden, I heard this really loud screaming into the mic, and I was like, "That doesn't sound like Jeff." And it was this kid in the audience 
was just screaming over this really quiet part. And like everyone in the band was like, what are we supposed to do? Was he really good? No, he was not really good. It was really bad. His tryout failed. <laughs> yeah. But it sounds like no one stopped him. So I no. think he's the winner here. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he kind of did what he wanted to have, do. Have you guys True. had any sort of like awkward fans like jumping on stage or like grabbing your mic or like doing anything weird to you? Hmm. Sure, we have underwear. Yeah. Any underwear? We've had had a share of the underwear. <laughs> yeah, mostly boxers. boxers. <laughs> yeah. How do you get what, the underwear? Like, like off? wedgies now, or just I, pulling I'm them down? pretty sure people bring <laughs> spare <laughs> pairs. Gifted. Oh. They have to. I've thought yeah. about this a lot. Yeah. You're right. And they could go in the bathroom, take it off. You come could. Ba- yeah. What, people throw on underwear? Yeah. It's got to be a you spare pair. You think it's a different pair? Maybe it's a spare pair. Often it's yeah. got to be a spare pair. Because it's just, not torn. Bra's a different story. That no, bra's, that's a pop in a clasp. Yeah, there's yeah, a way, but no. I just feel like that's not, it should be an impulsive thing. It shouldn't be like, well, I got to bring my extra underwear just in case I'm feeling right. it. But what's <laughs> that's the That's true. Like, what's the, like, let's see, what part of my body can I share with this band? <laughs> How about the part that covers that part of my body? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. the impulse, that's the Steven. Yeah, yeah, I think you just cracked it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. I would not want that. I wouldn't even put on a hat like someone threw on stage because it's like, that's just Lice City. What's going to bow tie? Yeah, oh, definitely a bow tie. Yeah. One that was tied, not a clip so on. You do have uh, your, I don't want a your limitations on this. Pose your with a U. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you didn't take the pop punk world by storm. Yes. <laughs> we did not. not. Yet. We yeah. did not. Yeah. So how did you guys... Sort of, I love time. How did you sort of come upon sort of the sound you guys kind of ended up with? Was it kind of just a natural thing? Yeah, I think so. I mean, li- living in New York definitely... Did not hurt our yeah. our swift evolution. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even I mean, when 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 we were writing those pop punk songs, we we weren't uh, necessarily steeped in in punkness. It was more weezery. Yeah. Say. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like when we lived in California, it was pretty pretty weezery stuff, and then we came here and got inflected by less savvy fab, and that's our sound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then that was it you stopped listening to music yeah. Yeah. yeah was there a corresponding change in gene size oh yeah oh yeah has definitely. to be right definitely it's hard it's hard to remember but there must have been <laughs> <laughs> i uh i saw that you guys like well i know you started on majors when you guys started out and the last two records have been on an independent in the uk and I saw in an interview that you said that it, I even wrote it, that the new label actually embraces the changes of the industry and is kind of like working with things. And I'm just curious what, what those are, like, what are the things that that label's doing that are actually rolling with like the tide of the industry right now? Or what do you think is important for labels to do right now? Yeah. It's tough to say. I mean, I think it's certainly still a transitional time not maybe not to the degree it was 5 years ago like things seem to be stabilizing more in in the world of streaming and people have you know i think for the most part stopped pirating music there's just no real need to anymore uh which is a huge and important forward step in terms of you know getting bands paid for what they do and and making it possible i think to to fund recordings and sure. put them out um yeah i think our label is just really good about uh being aware of where people 
are listening, like where our fans want to hear our music more than we are even there. They're, mm. They really kind of take advantage of all of the data that's available now from places like Spotify and Pandora and, um, you know, just always when you send out um, a, a video or something using a smart URL so that you can know where people are clicking mm. on it and uh, how much of it they're watching, things like that. They're really good at using that information to help us decide how to spend our time. So anyone who posts things on Pandora and Spotify, you have the availability of like all the demographics of where everything is coming from? Yeah, we have we have location and to the degree that they provide accurate um, age or sex when wow. you sign up, we have that. Um, yeah, those, th- those two are both really great about sharing that information. And then people also, you know, proactively sign up for stuff like uh, song kick or bands in town in order to keep track of their favorite bands. So it's, it's great to be able to work with, uh, companies like that. How does that impact touring? Um, I mean, it can, it can really help if you have a show that's, uh, selling slowly, you know, you can pay song kick or bands in town a couple cents per user to send them a, you know, email specifically about your show, and uh it can it can really turn over tickets um so it's pretty cheap and it's it's people who've already indicated their interest in the band so it's not it's not like putting an ad up on facebook and saying you know target people who like rock or whatever um which i think is largely ineffectual hopefully facebook's not listening to this <laughs> facebook please give us They're more not. give us more views did you guys ha- uh, when you guys were on a major did you ever have like a situation where like a and our guys or someone like coming in and being like the record's cool but like this song like getting input from people who weren't musicians yes. did that drive you insane we yeah we've we only made one record <clears throat> like under the purview of like our first record we made and then sold to uh emi Okay. Uh, the second one we made with the MI with the full suite of you know nosy A and R characters, uh, and it it pretty much went the way you you hear about. I mean, not unpleasant uh, recording scenarios, but definitely uh, you got the sense that people were opining because it was their job to have an opinion. Right. Yeah. Um, Number three's got heat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that process is definitely um I mean horseshit. Like yeah. like yeah, you've I been mean, through it too, I guess, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean like I always find that idea that like like you know, in effect for them to keep their jobs walking in there and telling you, you have a perfect record is gonna (laughs) like it's gonna literally lose them their job Mm. if you make a perfect record it'll lose them their job if they have no way to tell other people that we worked on something we changed something we put our fingers in it because that's the only way they can justify getting paid the exorbitant salaries that they make anyway yeah i i think it's um i think it's horseshit like a big pile of horse shit. And I do think I do think there are A and R guys and producers out there who really know music and who love music and have real opinions that should be valued. I do think that happens. But how you 
differentiate inside of that situation, especially when you probably know somebody for like six months prior to that. It's not like you have some track record of like, oh, they've been right 10 times, so they're going to be right this time. You don't fucking know. It's all like a leap of faith. So yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's a pretty crazy system the way it is right now, for sure. Uh, I mean, I, I wanted to, uh, be the, the philosophical devil's advocate say like, you know, in some ways I, you know, if you have all these people at your disposal who have opinions and knowledge of the industry, in some ways it probably would have behooved us to have played a little more ball. Uh, but their, their largest argument throughout the entire proceedings were that, uh, they didn't want us to use the producer we used Mm. who had made our first record, uh, and we had put into our contract that if we wanted to make the second record with him, they had to let us. Uh-huh. Uh, and they really didn't want us to. He wasn't. He wasn't proven at all. Uh, and that that was like one of the biggest hurdles we had throughout. And we like at one point after having made the record, they asked us to meet with another producer, which we I would say gamely did. Except we just met up with him and then said, "Well, we met him." Right, he's still, an asshole. You, you still have the record, uh, and now that producer is like one of the most in-demand dudes in music. And the A and R dude that hated him, I read a, an article about that producer that that A and R guy like quit. I'd, I'd have him on anything I did. Mm. So you like, mean this was the guy, your original producer? Our original, yeah, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah. It's just like you. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's one of the problems to it, right? Because how can you even know it's honest at all when, you know, they're they're looking for a name on the record that they can market with the record. They're like, we want this guy. We want to tell our insider friends that we got this guy. We want to add that to your recording budget. We want to, you know, there's so many reasons to not trust it to be like I mean, how can i trust this you know and and you know marketing is a is a real and valuable thing there is something sure there is there's some worth to having a a proven name on board like having a, a seal of approval on it uh but yeah you'd like to think that you also could make a good record without that person right yeah nobody ever talks about the 70 records a year that max martin makes that no one ever <laughs> hears or likes i was <laughs> just yeah. thinking about year. that that's the statistic it's like, it's really? like he 70. Is. <laughs> yeah. wow max martin the the bob pollard of sweden <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like, I was, and I, you know, worshiped at the feet of Guided by Voices for years. Sure. To the point where it's like, I don't need to hear half this. I don't. I bought I thought, it. I, I don't saying, need to hear it. Yeah. And I've got suitcase one and two, motherfuckers. Like, I don't wow. need to hear it. And that's that's his track record. He's He gets to throw that amount at the wall to see if it sticks. And when one <laughs> sticks, he's yeah. rolling for a year. You know what I mean? Psyched, yeah. He's that guy. It's yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what I was thinking about. What was it like working with Max Martin? Yes. It was a dream come true. I mean, he obviously had one of those 70 records, unfortunately. But, but he is so polite. Um, yeah. Just a sweetheart. He's a, You know what he is? He's a WDHB. <laughs> I have to say, he seemed, he seemed distracted. Yeah. Couldn't help but feel like... Well, he's always working on yeah. four or five records. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that track from Trolls really needed to be put. Oh, yeah. Killing. Hard to argue with that one. Agreed. So, That's one of those undeniable pieces. God damn, it's a good song. 
Yeah. How, how is the trolls feeling? And I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the brakes on this one. Can't stop the feeling. Come on. Come on. Can you I don't stop know, it, man? Can you stop it? I okay. Here's what I I will admit. It's an earworm, but it's one of those <laughs> evil. It's like oh. how it's mm. you know no. bur- a burrowing egg laying. Right. You know, Very a burrowing egg laying is Queen of Hearts by consuming. Juice Newton. That's a burrowing egg laying. This was I didn't even know the song was a hit till I took my kids to see Trolls and I telling to my wife. That's a really good song. And she went, you mean the number one song that's been on the radio for a while? I'm like, I don't listen to the radio or television anymore. If yeah. it doesn't have an animated anything, I'm not watching yeah. it because that's my life. And I really enjoyed that. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it helps to see it in the context of yes. Trolls, the film. Because otherwise you're not going to get the full because effect. Because it diminishes your expectations? <laughs> Uh, just because the, the way it's deployed in the movie, and I don't want to oh, spoil it, anything is it actually, for you. It, oh, so it's not, uh, like a, just a third party. No, it's, song. It's, it's performed by the trolls. <laughs> yeah. Did, the it, trolls perform did it. The, did the trolls to save, write it? To save, it, yeah, to save their. Do we see them writing? The trolls don't write of, music. To save music the just is hospital. part of trolls. It flows, yeah, it comes, it just flows is. from them. Is that mythology part of the, mul- the trolls movie? The, it's implied. The, the movie, surprisingly, because <laughs> it was one of those goofy days where uh, I'm a rookie with new kindergartners and I have twins and we, they didn't have school one Thursday. And I was like, mm. fuck, what am I supposed to do? All right, we'll go see this movie that I'd rather die than see. Yeah. Came out. It was a joyous experience. It was one of those like, what a what how pleasant was that film? Wonderful message. The music of Earth, Wind, and Fire and Cindy Lauper is incorporated in the film. Mm-hmm. JT kind of put it all together himself. I'm are, not Are those songs yeah. also performed by trolls? <laughs> of course. Uh, original songs. Yes, they are no, performed by trolls. Add, I can't add a karaoke. I can't, I can't go. Add a troll karaoke. No, song. man. <laughs> See, what you guys don't know is there's one very powerful strong arm <laughs> troll that takes all the royalties for these tracks. Oh, man. So, yeah, tip. I mean, that, and that troll is you voiced by Russell Steven. Brand. <laughs> How how do you guys sort of write these days? Do you do you guys have like a practice space? You get together and do stuff, or you just send ideas back and forth on computers? Or yeah, it's mainly MP3 yeah. transfer. Um, yeah, we no longer even have a rehearsal space in New York anymore. No, we have an live, iCloud. Yeah, live live music is suck it. <laughs> It's for the trolls. Yeah. 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 Trolls still use it. It's <laughs> going to happen. Yeah. I felt like there used to be, are there still a lot of spaces in Williamsburg? I felt like there used to be so many, but now there's so many condos. I can't imagine there's that many shitty buildings. I mean, we, we used to have, Did you guys have I don't a know if you know that one on North 14th, there, between Barry and White. Next to that Gutter. Looks like yeah. It's still there. I remember that one. That one's still there. Um, they haven't, yeah. they haven't put any you know they've tried to destroy it on it <laughs> they've tried <laughs> <laughs> well the city said that if you crack that open yeah. the pollution will be the, the fallout there's no be safe nightmarish yeah there's no safe way to so that's staying there <laughs> just uh, they want to keep that an uncracked egg for sure <laughs> i uh I was went back and watched the Steve Wants His Money series. You God mean, bless you. You mean for a second time. <laughs> I've seen I saw a couple when you first like <laughs> did it. I remember them kicking around and then I just rewatched like all seven. Nice. It was seven, right? How's that hold up? Today. How's that hold up? Honestly, it's you did really the fucking funny. The full thirty two minutes. And I really enjoyed Culture's it. Culture's finally caught up with Steve Wants His Money. <laughs> and uh and um can you get some context on this Benny? Uh, sorry. Or, well yeah well, i mean was it promotional material like when when you guys did that 
it we was, made it. We made it at uh, at the behest of MTV UK, right, 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 right. Who um, at the time were funding some short, a few like short form humor series, and so we basically they paid for us to make this thing. And it was the idea was each episode had to be five minutes, and they wanted seven episodes. And I think they, you know, got a hundred of these or something, but. Well, That's yeah, for some reason, their idea was that <clears throat> they needed to fill in like five minutes at the end of every programming hour. Oh, that okay. You would, you would think would otherwise have been filled with advertising. Yeah, I would think advertising. Valuable <laughs> advertising. Valuable You're not supposed to pay to fill up that space. <laughs> right, You're right. supposed to get paid to fill up Somebody that space. Somebody didn't carry the one. Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be 28 yeah. minutes, 22. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, we must show a loss this quarter. <laughs> this is on what, you, Kyle. What fix can we it, do? Fix it. Yeah. So how did um I mean how did that come up was it because you guys were like writing directing your own videos that they thought you could do it or did like the writing and directing of your videos come out of that like where did the visual element of like the band come from with that I think that we had already started making um funny video content with a production company in the UK that that, uh, that, and I think that relationship came through our label. We were on, still on the major at that time. And you and were we just doing bas- promo spots for yeah, one. Yeah, we basically said like we we really want you to give us um, cameras and let us make <laughs> stuff. You know, and they were, they were happy too because yeah. otherwise they would just be paying someone else to make yeah, stuff. For yeah, us. yeah. That that is a plus side of the major label yeah. situation is that they it's do great. not care how much money. Is suddenly disappearing. As long as it's disappearing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Just keep it disappearing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think we had shot. Um, we had shot about an hour of this show called Brain Thrust Mastery, which was um, which was the name of the second record. But we created a whole universe to go along with it that had nothing to do with the songs. The only tie-in was the name of the album. But the Brain Thrust Mastery universe uh, features us as Tony Robbins-esque sort of self-help gurus, but also sort of, and maybe this actually does describe Tony Robbins, I don't know, but we were were charlatans. Like we we knew what we were selling was uh, was snake oil. Wait Um, a minute. And, I, and I'm not making any claims about Tony Robbins. But so we, we shot like an hour of stuff for that, which has never been released. Uh, thank goodness. Um, <laughs> and the, the production company that, that we were working with at the time, I think, had an, you know, got a weekly email from, from all the places looking for crappy short form humor. And they saw that MTV <laughs> thing and we got it. We got on board. But anyway, how do, now for your review of Steve Wants His Money. Oh no! I just think it's super fucking funny. Okay, <laughs> that was really <laughs> like good review, huh? Good review. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I was like going through them, chuckling. I was at the coffee shop though, mm. so I couldn't like you know, can really get roar. too creepy. Can appropriately yeah. roar. Yeah. Yeah. Most people. Yeah. Have, most and people I did recently <laughs> have a very near embarrassing situation at the coffee shop. Do tell. So a friend of mine, Jared. I'll just use names in this situation. It'll be easier. Is mm childhood grow up grew up with the woman who's my barista at Choco Pond. her name is Jenna I know this now this is part of the story now I'd been going in there for many months I'd went in there with Jared they knew each other they chatted because of that she learned my name 
months have gone by here and I'm getting the impression that she was using my name to spite me because she knew I didn't know hers. So I was getting the impression the last few weeks that she was going, oh, good to see you, Benny. (laughs) And almost like leaving it there in this sly declaration of, I know your name and you don't know mine. Right. So it was starting to make me uncomfortable. And (laughs) I'm there with my computer and I uh, text message uh, Jared, my friend, on the computer, mm. on the iMessage. Very sly. And I write, please. <laughs> I'm like, what's this girl who works at the coffee shop's name again? Her name is... And he's like, oh, her name is Jenna. And I'm like, cool. And I'm like, you're sure her name is Jenna? Because yeah. I can't mess up here. This has been months. Just make or break, yeah. Like, this mm. is big. And... In order to confirm with me and be kind of funny, he sends me a screenshot of the fucking front of her Facebook page. My computer is literally facing the counter that Jenna is working. (laughs) (laughs) And I go, "Ah!" and make some noise of this nature. And, uh, And I like close my iMessage real fast. I'm like, all right, I think I got away with this, you know? And... I was under the impression when you delete a conversation on iMessage that it disappears when you restart the conversation, a new conversation starts. So I'm like, I'm safe. Let me type Jared and tell him this funny thing that happened now. Second I write something back, boom, it reappears. So large on my screen and she's right behind me. And again, I go, ah! And I start that clicking. That can't have been helping your keeping No, my reaction is yeah, yeah. not <laughs> helping at all. So now I'm huddled over my computer typing just letters trying to get her picture off the screen oh, slowly. Wow. So yeah. my friend Jared has like 35 L's texted to him. And uh, I still don't know to this day if I got away with it or not. Ask her. You gotta I can't. Know her name. Can I? You have to yeah, call you her by Jenna. You, you should call first her, name basis. But you now. have to call her Jenna once, but the next time call her like Cheryl. Oh no, no, no. I know her name is we're on a first name. You'll never Everything is cool now. now. Yeah. No, no. I'm it's Jenna, Benny, like we're like we're bros now. Yeah. But I still will never know if she saw me like semi-lurking her Facebook page at the cafe. Do you feel like uh, you might not be as close as you are now if she had seen you (laughs) stalking her online? Yeah, do you detect a frosty undertone? (laughs) I don't. It's been been pretty warm, actually. This isn't soy milk. (laughs) 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 Come on, Stephen, this is Jersey City. It's almond milk. That's true. Okay, this is what we do. Yeah, they do that in Central Jersey. Okay. You know how bougie I am now. We make almond milk at the house. Wow. We make homemade almond milk. Is that a blender process? Yeah. How do you do that? You soak the I almond. Do that too. Uh-huh. And then you blend you them up. Half of the people in this room make almond <laughs> milk. <laughs> you make almond this milk? Is, yeah. yeah. It's really easy. You guys got to move back to California. What a They sell it at a store I go to. <laughs> and I give them money and take it home. Rather that's than supposedly it, it has a lot yeah, of more nasty. preservatives and stuff to like keep it fresh. Preservatives. Yeah. yeah, you're poisoning yourself. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna look like a troll soon if you keep that up. <laughs> hey, my hair stays. 
You do for <laughs> you do have a beautiful head of hair. Thanks, buddy. It's true. Thanks. And you were going to say you're going to say someone that. who's 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 definitely middle aged, right? That's what you're going to go for. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah that's where <laughs> sure. I was coming from. But you don't have you don't have like plugs or anything, do you? No, that's real. No, this is all this is all my head. That's beautiful. <laughs> I do dye it though because I am vain. So it is it is I am Anderson Cooper. <laughs> so it's full on white, like all the way. Really? Oh yeah. You're coopered. Totally, man. Coopered <sighs> up. When Helms like, lead, Helms lead, we call it. Mm. What is the breaking point when you're just gonna let it happen? Oh, that would that 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 that's a conversation with my wife that we've had. But then I was fighting it. I was like, oh, you know, I'll just go gray. But then my kids are six, so already I'm older, dad. Which actually is not true. A lot of kids older than them. You mean my children? <laughs> yeah. At this point, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty standard. Until the, Pretty standard until the science animals. comes into play. Yeah. <laughs> And I can go back and the loop will be complete. So you're worried that they're going to be shocked when you... I don't think they care, but it's like, you know, I'm going to the school. I'm involved. It's like (laughs) older, gray-haired dad. I'm like, maybe give them a few more years Mm. before I go gray. Because at this point, by the time they're 10, I'll be 50. So I'm like... "Mm." I listened to a podcast today and the guy's dad was 70 when he had him. And he he was His name was Picasso. (laughs) It was wild. And he was like, my dad was like 30 years older than like his wife's parents or something it was Oof, like wow. i can't remember the math but it was really crazy yeah one of my best friends and in, uh, gross one of my best yeah. friends in high school had a <laughs> nephew older than him because of a situation exactly like that mm. much may older december, parents may december i don't know steven i think you should do it <laughs> go gray nah we'll just see. let it happen we'll you know what if, you, what if you go gray? It. What if you I'm go in. gray and it shocks I'm your on. kids so much that their hair goes white? Oh, oh God! That's this kind of chain reaction. Terrible. I, I dye my hair to match one of one of the girls' hair, there so it go. looks so that people go, "They have her your hair," and I go, <laughs> "Yes, they do. They sure do." That's an Ion Seven N. <laughs> yeah, that's what that is. I could develop her. I don't fuck around. As long as you're not also dyeing her hair. No, you can't do that. Little kid hair is like the greatest. Like it's like people watch just silk gossamer yeah. <laughs> flat and marble what do you guys sort of do when you're not writing music on the road when you're just hanging out at home like do you have like other stuff you do for fun or do you have like a lot of hobbies or part-time stuff you do or just more family stuff <clears throat> all music all the time just yeah our life is just music we're so, <laughs> just we're so passionate the thing is we're so passionate uh, <laughs> <laughs> you ever had an awkward experience with a barista? Countless. Yeah. I've never had a smooth experience with a barista. <laughs> <laughs> Not once. So, all right, let's let's track this down even more cuz you guys gave zero answers to that. <laughs> um, what did you do today? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, now now to, to to bolster our claim that our life is all music. Yesterday, we both had a full music day. Oh, look at that! And uh, that went pretty late, and we were both rather hungover today. <laughs> so today, today is a bad example. Today, neither of us did anything. Recovery day. Yeah, I made I drink almond milk and I made, the fuck I up. didn't even. Meals. I looked at freshly made almond juice. Juice is what I want to call it. Actually, you know, the milk industry, the dairy milk industry is trying to sue all the under industries to not 
be call able it. to call it milk. I, yeah. mm. I like it more when it's not called milk. Yeah. So almond drink. Milk is gross. Almond sea. Almond sluice. Yeah. Sluice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fucking almond milk moisture. industry, you know? Yeah. Almond drip. What about drip jerks? Dripping, yeah. It seems weird good? that they think it's going to help their sales by like being like, you can't call almond milk almond milk. I guess everyone just go back. At least you know it makes sense. I just... First person look at a cowgo, you can drink out of that. Like it's just, I'm not a fan. Mm. I back your choice. Well, I I think the first person that that had animal milk was baking, and they're like, "This is perfect. Probably, it really works." And then yeah. they started drinking it. Uh, like, yeah. Well, almond juice would be better as an ingredient. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I still can't do I can't do the the vegan baked goods. They're miserable. They're pretty yeah. dry. Yeah, They're miserable. Often That's the one dry. Thing they haven't really been able to figure out for the most part. Science is not there. No. Yeah. Even in um, Star Trek, which is pure fantasy, <laughs> you see when they when people eat vegan baked goods, they're like you know, they're kind of smacking their lips. They reach immediately for water. Now, are you talking original or next generation? Are you Both. going like that's, Voyager? That's consistent throughout. Because I think <laughs> even the holiday, holiday, that's they can make it. That's canon. Yeah. Yeah. It is canon. I guess when you go, I guess I'm thinking tech world when I'm going with Shatner. I guess I really don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I put this on my list of questions, but I want to ask it. You have to. And it's for everyone in the room. So (laughs) it's about owning a wild animal. Mm -hmm. And you can own any wild animal you'd like. No limitations here. But it has to coexist in your current life. Like you have to be able to bring it home and you have to be able to keep it alive. So like just being like, oh, I'm going to bring a Bengal tiger home. Right. It's a little ridiculous. Do you bring it with you throughout your day? No, I mean, I think like the same way you could effectively have a dog walker or okay. something. Like, like a house you could, but is the idea that this wild animal would be become tame? So, like, the problem is the Bengal tiger is just huge and untenable, not that it will kill you. You cannot get it as a child, so, so you can't wants, train it as a puppy. So this thing will kill you. Well, I guess that's the variable here that you're going to have to deal oh, with God. if you want to go for that or not. So I was wondering, and you know, my first thought was, I don't think I could keep an emperor penguin alive, but I think I could keep a puffin alive and maybe a few of them, you know, building a cold room in the house, something like that. Have you seen the Jim Carrey movie, Mr. Popper's Penguin? (laughs) I have. So, I mean, to what degree do you think that is accurate? Did you learn any lessons? I think that movie was based in fiction. Yeah. Because I think he would have killed all of them. Yeah. Yeah, the same Even, way Tony Danza like a week, right? would have killed his orangutans in Going Ape. Right. Or the orangutans would have killed him. Or Christian Slater would have killed his dog in Canine. Or, or Cuffs. What Cuffs. Is, what's his Cuffs. Yeah. Holy Cuffs. shit. He would have killed his dog. No Man, question. going to the well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on the Slater. Those are two for one right now, actually. <laughs> so has anyone ever one. had this thought about bringing a great wild animal into the house? Oh, constantly. I have children. <laughs> Oh yeah, this is this is this is a this is a discussion. So what are you yeah. going pony? No, dude, giraffe. Ah, uh, yeah, flat out giraffe. So where the fuck are you putting a giraffe though? This is where you got a yard. Even has a yard. Loft in his barn. Yeah. <laughs> How long? But I feel like obviously I feel in my like barn raised by the Amish. Yeah. I feel like you're undervaluing what a giraffe could eat. Like you I could have a whole eat. yard of trees. I have no and if you have one are. single giraffe, you'll have no leaves left in a week. No. But what it, that's where your neighbors come in. You <laughs> offer free pruning services. <laughs> that's, that's free compulsory pruning services. Look at the Cape May Zoo in beautiful Jersey. There's giraffes floating Oh, we don't do zoos. Mm-hmm. 
no zoos. zoos. No, we're closing zoos down now Anti-zoo. since the internet exists. Oh. They're just mean. Oh well, you got if you if, a, if an animal has a good territory, yeah, and it has its own area to roam. The enclosures, yeah, it's not so mean. But like you're locking them in a cage, yeah, fuck those people. But yeah. like you know, if you have your like the Bronx Zoo, the Bronx Zoo, of course. yeah, it's cool. Sure, they had that story about the Bronx Zoo about how they um uh some poor deer happened to jump the fence into the zoo, but it mm. was the <laughs> The story allegedly is the the cheetah pen. And all I think about is this poor cheetah is just like, oh, God, I've been waiting. Yeah. (laughs) This is perfect. So is this going to happen every three years? This is great. This is awesome. (laughs) And this deer is like, what is that? Yeah. Oh, man. Dead. So no answer for the... uh... I always... Well, this this seems like um, a little bit of a cheat, but... When I was a kid, I always wanted an octopus, which I guess is hmm. certainly thoroughly wild, and people do, in fact, keep them. And um, ridiculously smart. Yeah, very smart. They escape uh, with great frequency. You have to be very careful. You also have to give them stuff to play with that challenges them. Otherwise, they become depressed and they die. What is that really? What are they yeah. constantly playing so with smart. on the ocean floor? I think in the wild, they are consumed by survival, and so they have to... Uh, but when, when you're feeding them daily and they no longer have to tend to their own needs and also they're not in a breeding environment, they're basically, they get, they get upset. You, you give them kids toys. Yeah. Like they can put the star shape into the star hole and all that. No stuff. way. Yeah. That's, yeah. Why, that's why people in Calamari are even more just dicks. Yeah. Yeah. It, that. I saw a special where, yeah, they had an octopus putting its tentacle through this thing and it could figure out how big its head was. So it wouldn't even try to go through. Like they'd lower, it'd go through, and then they lower like a millimeter and put its hand and be like, "Yeah, I can't do this." Wow! <laughs> wow. Like, yeah. Stop just, doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed to say that's called proprioception, and they they have nerves on their tentacles that are similar to like another sense that we, it's different from touch. It's something about hmm. um, their perception of space, and it's the equivalent of another sense that we don't possess or really uh, have the ability to identify with but but yeah they can they can do this crazy stuff with their their nerve endings on their tentacles how did you learn so much about octopus octopi well i used to want i used to want an okay. octopus yeah when i was a kid and you know my parents were never even close to thinking that was a good you idea made, you made a big presentation <laughs> yeah i was like guys here's a few facts you might not realize here's a power, because here's of what you told me yeah i'm imagining an octopus is like the greatest theremin player ever oh, you know yeah. He's just not only Definitely. can he just like feel where to go, but he can do it. Wait, how many? Are we talking eight? They've got eight. Yeah, <laughs> eight. Yeah. On, on this particular, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Nonopuses have nine. Yeah, and septopuses, of course. <laughs> yeah. And dodectopuses. That made me think for a second. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. What about what about you, Keith? I don't know. Uh, That's a hell of an answer, by Chris. Go, to live could, up to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna out to the guinea pig. <laughs> uh, yeah, like a hedgehog would be pretty mm. good. I'm always really mad. I guess People hedgehogs are right? rampant everywhere in the UK. Mm. And we have so many uh, UK friend bands who who dismiss the hedgehog. Oh, as, as like as a an pest. adorable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they, they simply want to crush them underfoot. Huh. Really? Not, not so me. You want to nurture one? What's an animal, though, that you guys grew up with in California that is a nuisance to you that's, like, very unique to someone from the East Coast? We didn't grow up in California, and luckily not. Oh, you didn't? I'm sorry. Keith grew up with the ultimate pestilence animal. I grew up in South Florida. I'm a gator man. 
Oh, you're oh, a gator. Shit. Lived my entire life in terror. <laughs> never, never once happily waded into standing water. Uh, yeah, I definitely at age 18 left Florida so that I could live, you know, free away so from so the you gators. Could go into a stream at your leisure. Yeah. Oh no, you better believe that. I love streams when they're icy. A alligator can't function properly in one of those. I know I'm safe. Those fuckers. Bad. At what temperature can an alligator no longer mess with you? Well, I mean, I think like once the water's in the 60s, they're properly sluggish. Okay. Um, and then you would, you'd, you'd like to think I would know the exact <laughs> the exact temperature and that I'd carry it. Always carrying ice. Yeah. Again, Chris um, set a precedent for you yeah, guys here. Def- that's pretty yeah. high. Zoological yeah. knowledge. <laughs> See, I just have a primal. He never wanted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I spent I spent all my time. You know how to uh, kill en- them. Entertaining right? myself. Like away from, like distracting myself from the gator plague. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and now they're just getting eaten up by the python down there. So, it's... Oh, yeah. yeah, we do. We do have a big imported python scene down there now. Yeah, I mean, not, there's no safety in Florida. No, nothing. I, yeah, a lot of things can kill you there. It's like Australia. It is like yeah. Australia, where everything is bred to destroy you. Yeah. Remember going there in Australia and like, that's a cute spider. Yeah, that's a Wally fucker. And you're like, what the hell is that? Like, just don't go near it. I'm like, it's outside a daycare. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are nuts. Is that why you're drunk? Yes. I remember that first that's time right. I went to Hawaii, I had always been under this impression that there is an animal that can kill you anywhere. Snake, spider, just these weird bugs or something mm. and i see like everyone's walking around barefoot there's no problem there like, i'm like so what what can kill you here they're like oh, no no we're good do they not have sharks and well yeah i think if you jump in you could have a problem i'm talking <laughs> yeah. on land if you get into that's, the water that's nice. everywhere surrounding yeah. you i think that actually just even the water kills you right then that, that what i know can kill you they just point to the volcano <laughs> yeah. yeah the island Lava. i went that. to yeah. in hawaii half of the island Six months out of the year, you can't swim in because it'll kill you. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's that gnarly. Oh, yeah, surfing. So I just surf it, bro. Like, well, I, don't, yeah. I don't swim, but I, but I totally <laughs> drop in on yeah. everything. I just gnar it up. <laughs> yeah. The surfboard is your lifeboat. Yeah. <laughs> I, I surf an octopus. Damn. Yeah. It's fucking nope. badass. And I trained it to sense all the trouble in front yeah. of me. So, yeah, just making sure every real. passage is clear for you. Yeah, that's real. That's smart, yeah. I was just playing dumb about not knowing anything about octopus. I raise and train. So, so does that one episode of like Anthony Bourdain's No Reservations just like? I haven't seen it. He eats octopus. Oh, they he just shotguns a bunch of octopus. <laughs> he doesn't even eat in, uh, an, in an enclosure. Wor- worse than what you're, worse than what you're saying. Oh. It's this wow. whole. It's like some Korean restaurant out in either Brooklyn or Queens where they. They heat up just like a giant pile of uh, mussels and things, and then they bring out live octopus, and while it's alive, snip all the tentacles mm-hmm. off and just drop it and watch it boil. Oh, and you're just like, uh, that's, that's evil, it's evil, beyond shit. evil, beyond evil, beyond evil, evil shit. Yeah. And then he kind of jokes about it. He's like, "Oh, we're letting someone die for our pleasure." And I'm like, mm, "You're one of those kind of like don't like you people for me." Yeah, that's rough. I'm sure the behind the scenes footage of him. Uh, like Weeping. sobbing and consoling, yeah. 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 yeah, trying to put it back together. Curse my yeah. life! In just a pile of tentacles, <laughs> you idiot! More tape. <laughs> what? Uh, what? Where can people learn more about the band? What do you guys have? Anything you want to 
promote. Or, he worked all day yesterday. Yeah, he worked all day yesterday. Is there a new album in the works? You're just seeing what happens. Yeah, we're still we're still just writing. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, you can. We're we're we come right up on Google. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, really? you guys have a yeah. name that's probably not pretty good as far as Google. Yeah. If you Google us, we're all the top results. Nice. Yeah. It's, Every it's day. Us and you know gloating uh, tech workers. <laughs> we do right. get we get um, tagged on Twitter all the time by people usually by um public policy nerds who are you know pro-science and are are making some kind of shrill point about science and public life and then they tag as many popular science twitter mm. feeds as they can find with a i could see that do you have yeah. a message you'd like to put out to those people uh keep continue a pace yeah <laughs> we, we are we are learning so much <laughs> All right. Thank you so, so, so much to our friends in We Are Scientists, um, Keith and Chris. Uh, definitely check them out. Check out their newest album, Helter Seltzer. And if you are in the UK, check them out this summer. They'll be playing a lot of shows in the UK and Germany, including... Brutefest. Our favorite festival, <laughs> the Lollapalooza of the UK, Brutefest. You don't even know if it's the UK? It's in the UK. Okay. I, I, Brut. I don't know who's playing Brewfest. I gotta look it up. <laughs> Brad, fill some time while I look up the Brewfest lineup. Uh, if you really want to keep us keep us in business here, you can uh, Venmo us at Off Track. My name will come up, Brad Worrell, just to confirm that you're sending it to the right place. I promise to forward all that money to the server costs, which is pretty much what it covers. Um, Goingofftrack.com. Keep up with us there. Give us some likes on uh, iTunes. Tell your friends about us. We can use more fans. Um, you know, tw- tweet at Jonah and tell him that you want to hear more about his love life, including all the sordid details. <laughs> uh, I got bad news. I can't find anything about Brutefest. <laughs> I did find a Brutefest that took place in 2010 in Bangalore City, India, and it's like a metal festival, Blind Image. This looks really aggressive. But yeah, check out We Are Scientists Live. They're a great live band. <laughs> Uh, sorry, shit talking brute fest so much. Uh, also check out, uh, Sam, I am very soon, June 9th and 10th. Uh, they're coming out to the Jersey and Philly areas, Garwood, New Jersey, Crossroads on June 9th. Tickets at ticketfly.com June 10th headlining. Yes, you heard me right. Headlining the Nishamity <laughs> Creek Brewery Company's five year anniversary <laughs> party with a free show and cried in PA. It's free. And also heading to Europe in July. Check out their Facebook page for dates as well at Sam I am fancy. Um, tweeted us at uh, Going Off Track. Brad mentioned the Venmo thing. Uh, you can check me out at My Name is Jonah. Check Brad out as Soundwag. And yeah, I think we are done for intro, so I'm going to go to the Russian bathhouse and sweat with a bunch of old Russian guys. Well, Brad, Brad, what are you going to do the rest sweat of the day? Sweat it out. I have to make some playlists for an event tomorrow. Whoa. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to advance DJ this thing. Brad, Brad Worrell, always working. If you want to hire Brad to build you a studio or make you a playlist for your next event, hit him up at Soundwag. Yeah, you can get me. And I get a 10% finder's fee. Absolutely. Um, cool. All right, we'll be back next week. Uh, we've got some amazing, amazing podcasts happening in June. Uh, if you, We've gotten a lot of comments about some of them. I posted some photo previews. So uh, some really, really big, exciting guests. So definitely 
Stay tuned. All recorded at Pulse Music. Yes. Thank you, Brad. <laughs> All recorded with Stephen Grywalski at the beautiful Pulse Music um, in the Herald Square area of Manhattan. Uh, check out their site if you want to do a podcast, if you want to do some music for film, if they have a great live If you want to record room. your band. If you want to record my, your band, I'm, I'm rec- I've been recording there. It's been great. Um, and I'm sure the rates are competitive. Or just befriend someone who works at the studio <laughs> and start a band with them, and then you'll get a really good deal. But I'm sure otherwise you can still figure it out. Check out Pulse Music, great studio. Thank you so much for hosting Going Off Track. We appreciate it, and we'll be back next week. 